Father, as we come before you on tonight, Father God, Father God, our hearts are open and our hearts are receptive to receive what you have for us on tonight. And I bind every hindering spirit that will come out against us to keep us from receiving your engrafted word with meekness on tonight. Father, I thank you, Father God, that I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And I thank you, Father God, for your healing power on tonight. I bind every sickness and every disease that will come to attack our bodies on tonight. And I command healing to our bodies right now in Jesus' name. And we thank you, God, that we are already healed, not going to be healed, but we are already the healed of the Lord. And God, you shall get the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's continue to talk about pride. When we look at pride, it means to be lifted up, raised up, and exalted. Pride is having confidence in self, and me, myself, and I is all about me. So pride is about being self-centered. That's the root of pride, self-centered, being self-centered. I went over Isaiah 14, 12 through 15, and this is talking about Lucifer, and it began with Lucifer, because the Bible says that in verse 12, he said, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? So he's beginning to say, this is how he fell from heaven. How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou have said in thine heart, so it begins in the heart. I will ascend into the heavens. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mountain of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. So we see here that Lucifer, he was exalting himself. He wanted to be above God. He wanted people to worship him. So it was all about him. So when we look at pride, it's centered around self-centeredness. It means that we want people to see us above everybody else. And that's what Lucifer was doing. But we know where pride is, there will be a fall. So we know that he was cast out of heaven which is known as Satan, because of his pride. So the enemy want pride to be hidden because he don't want people to really know that they're walking in pride. Some people are walking in pride and don't really know it. So that's why we talking about pride so we'll know that even with offense, when offense comes, um, some people that have offense, they say, I don't have offense. That's pride too because I don't get offended. Oh, yes, you do. From the pulpit down, we all can carry some offense. That's why when, when someone say something to us and all of a sudden something flur up in us like we're ready to, you know, hit them or ready to say something back quick, fast, in a hurry, that is offense. And when you recognize offense, you cast it down and you humble yourself. So pride um, has offense in it. But pride want to be hidden to make people think, no, I don't get offended. I'm too saved to be offended. But we know that's a lie from the pit of hell. Everybody carries offense because this is what Jesus told his disciples. He said that offense will come. 
But woe to the one that brings offense. So if Jesus is saying offense will come, and he's talking to the followers of Jesus Christ, the learners of Jesus Christ, they were following him, but he let them know offense is going to come. Offense is going to be amongst you, just like offense will be amongst us. Um, You know, I talked about me and my husband, how offense come with me, how offense come with him. But knowing how to handle the offense is the difference. When you say, no, I didn't get offended, it's about you. It's all about, no, I didn't get offended. You the one got offended. See, that's pride. We need to admit when we're wrong and we need to bring correction from that wrongness. Because all of us, if we don't even say anything and we keep it deep down inside, we still carry an offense. So pride um, hides itself to make people think, no, I'm not an offensive person. That's pride in itself. So let's talk about pride a little bit more. We know it starts from the heart because um, with Lucifer, it said, he said in thine heart. So in Mark 7, 20 through 23, we see what comes out of the heart. And pride is one thing that comes out of the heart. That's a seed that has been planted in the heart and it begins to come out your mouth. Just like Satan was lifting himself up, glorifying himself. We went over Proverbs 13, 10, which says, pride only leads to arguments. When we are in pride and we don't want to be brought low, we end up arguing with people because we want to be right. Have you ever been in a situation, I know I have, when I felt like I was right and I'm not coming down because I felt like I'm right? Now, we're going to talk about the difference when it comes to knowing what the word of God is saying and not knowing what the word of God is saying. Because I know me and my husband would get in little spats when he'll tell me, no, it go this way. And I'm like, no, it go this way. No, it go this way. No, it go this way. I know it go this way. And we waiting to see who's right. Have y'all ever done that? That's pride. So if you say you don't have pride, you got some. Or if sometimes people are so sure of themselves, they don't fuss with you. They just walk off and inside they're waiting to be right. That's still pride. Some people say, well, I just don't say nothing because when I know I'm right, I just go on about my business. You got arrogant. So this is what happens. I'm, I'm trying to bring out to let people know, do not think there's not no pride in you nowhere because it is. And we have to be able to recognize it and we have to be able to deal with it. It said that pride only leads to arguments. And that's true because when you don't want to come down, you argue back and forth about who's right or who's wrong. I remember um, I had saw someone the other day and I was telling my husband that this person was this, this certain person. He said, no, that was not who you thought it was. I'm like, Well, yeah, it looked just like who I thought it was. Guess what? The Lord said, hush. I cut it off. And then the Holy Spirit said, why does that matter? Who's right or who's wrong? Why does that matter? See, that'll lead to an argument. So I hush because at the end of the day, we don't want to bring those arguments back into our home where the enemy, see, the enemy is sneaky. When you bring little arguments in your home like that because you don't want to come down and humble yourself, the door is wide open for everything else to creep in there. He knows this. So we have to shut those doors and we have to remember, what's the, why does that matter? Why does that matter? They ain't in your house. They're not staying with you. 
Why does it matter for you to be right? When we really humble ourselves, we don't, okay, if that's what you say, and we don't get those ill feelings. You know, when you agree with somebody and you're really humbling yourself, your flesh don't rise up no more. Have y'all noticed that? When you can go on about your business, your flesh don't rise up. When your flesh rise up, it want to be exalted. That's pride. But when you humbling yourself and flesh is not rising up, you crucified yourself in that area and say, okay, okay, you're right. And you leave it alone. And then later on you find out they come back to you and say, you were right about that. Oh, okay. You don't have to say, I told you you need to listen next time. That's still pride. Is that not what we do? Because we want to be right. We don't want nobody to say that we're wrong. So we keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. My grandfather, rest his soul, whenever he told you something, and even when you would come back at him, he said nothing. He just went on about his business. And I said, man, he, he, he said, I don't have to say nothing. Because if I'm giving you what God has given me to give you, that's all I have to do. I don't have to prove God. Because once I give the word, it's going to prove itself. So granddaddy would give the word and he would go on because he trusted in the word. When we trust in the word, we don't have to debate with people concerning the word. We just humbly submit ourselves up under God's mighty hand. And guess what? He's going to exalt us in due season. So that's what we have to do. We have to humbly submit ourselves to him because if not, we're going to take offense. And taking offense comes from being prideful. And we have to recognize pride when we see it. So pride only leads to arguments, but those who take advice are wise. Isn't that awesome? So if somebody come up to you and they're giving you good advice, then we should take that advice instead of arguing with them about what they're telling us. That's, that's a form of pride because we think we know. When you think you know, you don't know. So that's when we really get humble. And then um, Proverbs 17, 19 says, whoever loves to argue, argue loves to sin. I'm reading out the expanded Bibles, and that's something. Whoever loves to argue loves to sin. When we argue all the time, we are sinning and don't realize when we don't know how to shut up. We are sin. Oh, it's time to repent. All of us, because some of us say, I don't argue. Even by yourself, you arguing. You talking back and forth. I can imagine Jennifer walking on them, them acres of land, fussing back and forth at Jennifer, arguing with herself. Why? Why is she arguing with herself? it says whosoever loves to argue loves to sin whoever brags a lot is asking for trouble isn't that something whoever loves to argue loves to sin whoever brags a lot is asking for trouble builds a high doorway is seeking a collapse builds a high doorway so when you argue a lot you love to sin and then it says, when you brag a lot, you're asking for trouble. So a prideful person brag all the time at their accomplishments, what they got, what they don't have to do because they got this or they got that. That's a prideful person. So I'm going to go a little bit deeper with pride. And I want to talk about on tonight, pride depends on self. Pride depends on self. So let me break this down a little bit more. Depending on yourself means I don't need nobody's help, not even God. 
Some people say, no, that's not me, but I beg you to differ. Because if someone asks you, come to your house and they ask you, do you need help with something? And deep down inside, you know that you need help. You know, no, 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 I don't need no help. I got it. That's pride. Because you feel like you could do it yourself. God is sending somebody to help you with what you're doing, but you're feeling as if, I don't need no help. I got this. But God sent you help. That's a person that's not humbling themselves to say they need that help. Or pride could be where you do know you need the help, but you don't take the help because nobody can do it like you can. That's still pride. I'd rather do it myself than have somebody else to do it because they're not going to do it the way I want it done. Ooh, how many of us does that? I'd rather do it. Look, everybody raising their hand, see? I'd rather do it myself. And honey, my mic is kind of shaking a little bit, and that's why I'm messing with it. It's not tight anymore. Pray for my husband. Y'all put your hands over there and help him, please. Perfection, being perfect, pride. We bind that in the name of Jesus. Uh huh. He wanted to be right. I can't help, honey, if this thing move. <laughs> we didn't start at home, and I ain't starting up here on this pulpit. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Anyway, I pick on my husband like that. But when I was at the point of saying that, When we think we can do it better ourselves, that's a form of pride. When you know you need help, but you don't want to be frustrated with the help that's sent to you because it'll take longer to show that person what needs to be done than trying to do it yourself. That is a form of pride. Anytime God sends help to you, we need to take that help. And then what God is teaching us is the fruit of the Spirit in that long-suffering. See, God even pulled that fruit out of you, too, to say, okay, you need some patience in this area. You need to be long-suffering in this area, so you need to let it go. I'm not only going to help humble you, but I'm going to give you some patience and some some long-suffering with this. So anybody who does not want to accept somebody's help when you need help, that's a form of pride. So when we look at Matthew 6.24, I said pride depends upon itself. It says in an expanded Bible, then Jesus said to his followers, his disciples, if people want, anyone wants to follow me, they must give up the things they want, deny themselves, turn from selfishness, set aside their own interests. They must be willing even to give up their lives to take up their cross and follow me. So the first thing that we have to do when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior We have to be willing to give up ourselves. That's the first thing. If you're not willing to give up yourself, you cannot follow him. And that that right there in itself, we need to check ourselves. Because some of us still haven't given up on self. Because we think we can do it better than God. See, when you come to him and you accept him as your Lord, your Savior, and your master, you accepted him to say, God, it's no longer about me. It's all about you. I am denying myself. I am denying 
things that I'm interested in. Now I'm interested in what you're interested in. So it's not about me. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who live in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live according to the faith of the Son of God who loved me. So God, it's not about me. It's all about you. So when we cannot deny ourselves, we are walking in pride. Meaning that when God is telling us to give up something and we don't want to give that up, we're putting that thing above God. That's our God. That's what pride is. Pride is really a God, a deity. When you put yourself above God, you want to be worshipped as a God. So he said, you got to deny yourself to follow me. This could be a teaching that will last to Jesus come. Because people don't want to give, don't want to deny themselves. Because they want people to see me, hear me, and be attached to me. It's all about me today. You know, when birthdays come up, anniversaries come up. Women, have y'all noticed, why is it like this? When birthdays come up, anniversaries come up, Christmas come up, all these things come up, we think that we're supposed to be the one to get the gifts and not the man. Some of us do. For real. Think about it. Birthdays come up. Um, Christmas, all these things come up. We put ourselves before we put the men. Like, where, where are my roses? What do you have for me? We make it about ourselves as if they don't have a day too. Or they don't supposed to get anniversaries. What you get me for my anniversary? What you getting me? <laughs> we wait on the men Men, do y'all hear that? The majority, help me out, men. Man, look, look at Manny. He act like he's scared to shake his head. Manny, like this right here. Look, look, he, 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 look. Hey, Julia, he's sitting there like this right here in slow motion. Uh oh, I got Julia started up in here. <laughs> but seriously, though. I'll say some women do expect the men to look to them more than they look to them on anniversaries. This is 25 years. This is what I want. But it's two in that thing, not one. So sometimes we want people to look up to us on that day instead of we being one. So we have to be careful with pride. It's not about us. It's all about him. God need to be glorified through us. So if we're trying to get glory, that means that we're walking in pride. We want people to see us more than they see God. So let's look at Luke 18, 11 through 14. I'm reading out the expanded. This is the Pharisee. The Pharisee stood alone and prayed or stood and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. How many of us have prayed like that? How many of us, when somebody is doing something that you're not doing, I thank God I ain't like them. You're putting yourself above them, right? God reigned on the just as well as the what? Unjust. He saved all of us. He didn't just pick and choose whom he was going to save, did he? No, he didn't. And he said, I'm not like other people, thieves, cheaters, evildoers, unrighteous people, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Look how he was putting himself above other people. We do this, don't we? 
When we look at someone, we, we put ourselves above them because we say, I'm not in that category. I don't do like they do. I pray more than this one. I speak in tongues more than this one. I should be up there teaching, not them. That's pride. Because you feel like you're better than they are because you're looking at how they're living, so you're glorifying yourself above them. That's what he was doing. He was saying, I don't do these things. So he felt like just because I don't do these things, I'm going to walk through the pearly gates because I don't do like everybody else. But then it goes on to say, and then he put this in there. I fast twice a week. And in parentheses in the Amplified, it say Pharisees commonly fast on Mondays and Thursdays. That's what they did in the expanded Bible. That's funny, isn't it? On Monday and Thursdays, they pick the days they're going to fast. That's twice a week. And I give one-tenth of a pay, tithes on everything I get. Wow. He paid tithes on everything he get. <laughs> and then it says, but the tax collector standing at a distance will not even look up. That, that's dealing with the tax collector. Or raise his eyes to heaven. But he beat on his chest a sign of sorrow and remorse and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. So see, he didn't even say what he did or what he didn't do. He knew he was in the need of God. He wasn't dependent on himself. He knew he needed God. God was the one he was dependent on. He said, I tell you, when this man went home, he was right with God, justified. But the Pharisee was not, rather than that other man. Because all who make themselves great, exalt themselves, will be made humble. But all who make themselves humble will be made great, exalted. So see the difference between the Pharisee and the tax collector? See what that Pharisee was doing? He was making it about him. He was putting everybody else down. How many times have we made it about us and putting everybody else down? That's a form of pride because we think that we're better than they are. We make it all about us. God loves all of us regardless of what we do or how we do it. So we need to make sure that we're not boasting on ourselves or putting ourselves above others. Let's look at Luke 12, 16 through 21. Luke 12, 16 through 21. Here's another one. Then Jesus told this story, this parable. There was a rich man who had some land which grew a good crop. He thought to himself, what will I do? They go to I again. I have no place to keep all my crops. Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and other goods. Then I can say to myself, my soul, soul, you have enough good things stored to last for many years. Rest, take it easy, eat, drink, and enjoy life. Celebrate, be merry. But God said to him, foolish man, tonight your life, your soul will be taken, demanded back from you. So who will get those things you have prepared for yourself? This is how it would be for those who store up things, wealth, treasure for themselves, and are not rich towards or in what manners to or in their relationship with God. So look at this man. He was making it about himself. He wasn't dependent on God. He was looking at what he had more than he was looking unto God. That's a form of pride because people that have money in the bank, people that don't have need of money, 
and they keep getting other things, they put those things before God, so they're dependent on themselves and getting what they need, and they're not dependent on God. That's what pride does. Pride is self-centered. Look at what I have done. Look at what I have accomplished. Look at how people are coming to me for money. I got money. I don't have to worry about it. If something happened, I can take care of myself. My children, my family is taken care of. Even if I die, they don't have to want for nothing because of what I have done. That's a form of pride. And people don't realize this. And that's why God said if your soul, if your life was required for you tonight, who would get everything that you have stored up? It's going to get left behind. You cannot take it with you. Your soul, that's what you should be worried about instead of worrying about storing up stuff. I can say this. You know how growing up when granddaddy would store, he wasn't storing just to say, look what I have. You know, he was planning ahead. And it's good to plan ahead, you know, making sure you have things in your house to eat. But some people have deep freezers full of stuff. Canned goods, just canned goods all over the place. And they can't eat it all. But yet they're not giving it to anybody. And some people show people what they have. Look at everything I have. Look at what I stored up. Look at if a storm come, I'll be well off. People need to do like I'm doing and they'll be okay. Is that pride or what? So we need to be careful when it comes to pride because pride can sneak up on us and it'll be too late because we'll be way up here and it'll be a long drop when we fall. So we see in these instances what was happening. They were dependent on themselves. They were not dependent on God. Let's look at 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 and 2, amplified. But understand this, that in the last days will come set in perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. We're getting in those times or in those times right now. For people will be lovers of self. See, this is self-centeredness. This is formed around pride. Don't we see people loving themselves? It's all about me. And utterly self-centered, lovers of money, and aroused by an inordinate, greedy desire for wealth, proud and arrogant, and contemptuous boasters, they will be abuses, blasphemous, scoffing, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. We're living in this time right now. Self-centeredness. It's all about me. And self-centered people, they boast about what they have. They boast about what they can get. So this is the time that we're living in now. Let's look at Second Chronicles 26, 15 through 16. And this is talking about Uzziah. And Uzziah was a king, and he done right in the eyes of God. But the Bible said that when Uzziah, in verse 15... In Jerusalem, Uzziah made cleverly designed devices, machines. These devices, machines on the towers and corners of the city wall were used to shoot arrows and large rocks. So Uzziah became famous in faraway places because he had much help until he became powerful. But when Uzziah became powerful, his pride led him to ruin, downfall. He was unfaithful to the Lord his God. He went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar for incense, which only priests should do. See, Uzziah, because 
um, he was famous worldwide because of the machines and stuff he invented. He became powerful, and he let that go to his head. He began to be prideful, and then he began to trust in himself more than he trusted in God. How did he do this? He went against the laws of God. Only the priest could burn incense. He thought he was so high and mighty that he can take the priest's job. And when he went and did it, he got scrubbed with leprosy until he died. So see, this is what I'm saying, what pride does. When people see themselves um, being praised, you know, becoming famous. Y'all look at the um, celebrities. You say, and this is what I don't understand. When people see celebrities, whether it's ball players, football players, um, any kind of celebrity, they act like they saw Jesus. A celebrity can sell a book if the book didn't do nothing but say, thou art good through the whole book. They could sell it because of the name and people would buy it to say, I got this book from a celebrity. So we put them on a pedestal and they know that their name is worldwide and they can go anywhere and get anything and they don't have a problem. They become so prideful, they don't need to serve God because their money is their God. All these celebrities have so much money, so much fame, they ain't worried about dying. They ain't worried about nothing because they figure my money can save me. So this is why we have to be careful that even us, we may not have, or some of you, well, maybe you do, the money that they have. But when we have money in the bank, sometimes people think they're better than others because other people don't have what they have. That's becoming prideful. You may have $1,000 and a person may have 100 in the bank. And you acting like you bigger than they are because you got a few more zeros than they got. One more zero than they have. And you acting like you better because you figure that thou can go further than that hundred. No, it can't because God will take the little and he'll make it much and he'll walk the dog on the thousand because he'll tell the one with the hundred, I want you to sow that seed. And they sow that seed and then they come back and get a hundred thousand you still sitting at a thousand. See, God know how to work it. Why? Because the person that's humble with the hundred gave up the hundred. The person that got the thousand, you ain't getting my thousand. Do you know how long it took me, Sister Deborah, to save that thousand dollars? And you asking me for a thousand dollars. What's wrong with you? <laughs> See, it's about me. It took me a long time to save it, so you can't get it. But then, let's say Renee got a hundred dollars. And then she take that hundred dollars and then she give it to Teresa and then she's giving God glory and Teresa's giving God glory because a hundred dollars don't mean nothing to her because she knew her daddy owned a thousand cattle. So what is it? Cattle on a thousand hills. So she said, oh child, that ain't nothing. Well, you ain't got nothing in your bank. My bank is always full. You can't see it, but I can. See, that's the, that's the person that's humble. That's a person that says, money is not my God. I don't need all that money to know who I am now that I'm in him. Because when I, whatever I need, only thing I got to do is look up and say, daddy, you already know, bring it on. And that's not being prideful. That's boasting in him because you're looking to him and not looking to yourself. Now, if you look into yourself, you're trying to find out how many times you got to go scratch to get that money, you're looking at who can you go to to borrow that money to get what you need.
But a person that's trusting God just looks up and say, you already know, bring it on home. I command it in Jesus name. God, I thank you for what you have already given. And it's there, right? Because the blessings of the Lord makes you rich and adds no sorrow to it. So when you trust in him and dependent on him and not dependent on yourself, you can lay down at night and don't have no worries. You know how people used to say, I don't know if they still say this, you asked them something or you made a mistake, you say, no worries. Have y'all ever heard that with some, so many, no worries. And I'm saying, wow, no worries. It just hits you, no worries, okay. Hope I don't mess it up again, no worries. <laughs> but then you get on their nerves and say, all right now. You're repeating them, no worries, I'll do it again. My little granddaughter, um, Jada, y'all, Jada used to not like me for real. Mm -mm. We have such a close relationship. Now, my husband, no. When she used to come to the house, I'm making a point, she would always look at me. I was on the top step in the um, garage, and she was down here real little. She would look up at me and say, hey, Amanda. Oh, y'all, it would tear me up. I said, no, and my husband would smile because he, you know, she liked, y'all know how it is when they get closer to one, not closer to the other. I said, okay, Jada, okay, I got you. So now we have gotten so close, so things that she feel like I can't do, she'll say, come on, Mima, I'll help you. It's okay, Mima. So we was in Walmart, and this is how I look at being humble. We was in Walmart, and I was looking for her a pair of play shoes just to play on the playground with. And I said, Jada, I really don't like these shoes. She said, Mima, are you mad? I said, no, baby, I'm not mad. Well, don't be sad. Jada's here. I'll help you, Mima. <laughs> I said, thank you. And it makes you feel so good because a little child, a little child stepping in. Imagine how it makes God feel when we humble ourselves like that. Oh, man. It's so awesome because you get that feeling all over you when a child is saying, I'll help you. Don't be mad. It's no problem, me, Ma. I'm here to help you. And they reach out their hand and say, come on. That's how our father is. So why wouldn't we want to depend on our father like that? When we're going through and he's saying, I'll help you, and he reach out for you. But we don't let him reach out for us because we're still trying to work it out because we got people in our ear trying to tell us this is what's going to happen if you don't do this or you don't do that. But when we take self out and say, God, here am I, I'm trusting you. To enter the kingdom, you got to come as a child. That's being humble. Children, sometimes they'll get on your nerves. But when they really humble themselves, you can't do nothing but melt, even though they done done something they didn't supposed to. You just melt and say, okay, it's okay. But before, you just want to grab them and say, didn't I tell you? They'll change on you in a split second and get so nice. You'll be like, it's okay. It'll be okay. So what I'm saying is, God loves us so much, and he's written everything in this Bible for us to go to when we want to act like it's just me, myself, and I. He don't want us to depend on me, myself, and I. He just want us to depend on God, and he'll take care of everything me, myself, and I need, but we need to humble ourselves. So we look at Uzziah. Uzziah got so powerful, y'all. 
He wasn't thinking about God. He was thinking about what people was thinking about him. And he wanted to keep himself up there where people had him. Do not let people put you in a place because the higher you get, the harder you're going to fall. And that fall is going to be great. So we need to be careful when it comes to pride. We need to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, if I'm walking in any kind of pride, a little bit, you know, or a lot, reveal it to me so I can get rid of it. Because, y'all, the more I teach on these things, I can recognize offense. When offense is getting ready to come in my life, I'm like, nope, that's offense. Why would I get offended like that? We should just back up, bite the bullet. And it's really a bullet, too. You biting and it's blowing up. <laughs> and just go on about your business. Have anybody ever bit a bullet? No, I'm talking about not a physical bullet. But how big is your Has it turned into a cannon? Come on, let's be in your mouth. Your mouth can be a bullet. And it's according to how big it is. Because <laughs> some people are so arrogant. So prideful. When they open their mouth, it kills you. It don't hurt you. It literally kills you. Before they even open their mouth, you feel it. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? You know that it's, they finna come and knock you down. You know already, I don't mess with that one now. That one right there, they got a bad mouth. So you don't want to hear nothing they have to say. So that's Uzziah. He got so famous that he was going above God. So we don't want people to put us in a place that we try to be God. Let's look at Daniel 520. It said in Daniel 520, but Nebuchadnezzar became too proud. His heart was exalted, lifted up and stubborn. His spirit became hard. So he was taken off his royal throne. His glory was taken, stripped away. But Nebuchadnezzar became too proud. His heart was exalted and lifted up and stubborn. His spirit became hard. So that means that our heart can become so hardened when we're prideful that even with God trying to come in, he can't because we think we're above God. So what we need to do is search ourselves and ask, Lord, is there any pride in me? Because we can get so used to being so prideful that we don't see that pride that's on the inside of us. So that's all that I do have for tonight on pride, but it's some more coming. So we talked about depending on self and not depending on God as a form of pride. And I'm going to bring some more things in that's going to show you how pride will sneak up on us. But this is number one. Depending on self is a form of pride. When you feel like you can do it and you don't need no help, that's a form of pride. Or you feel as if the person that want to help you, they can't do it like you. So you rather for them not to help you because nobody can do it like you can. That's a form of pride. Or you don't want to take the time to show them because you get frustrated. I'm saying like Sister Nee, frustrated, frustrated. So what you do is you say, I'll do it myself in a nice way. Because you don't want to be bothered. Because you think you all of this in a bag of chips. Y'all pride, it can be amongst you and you don't even recognize it because you're used to it. So next week, if it's the Lord's will, we're going to give some more pointers on pride.
Does anyone have anything to say dealing with this teaching on tonight? Jennifer say, ouch. How did this help anyone in any way dealing with pride? Come on, Calvin. I believe he can do it. My husband said the mic is hard to turn on, so. There you go. Well, what you talking about, the uh, pride, uh, where it could come in like, if you could do something and somebody else want to do it, and sometimes how you can get stressed out because you don't want, don't want to show them because they ain't going to do it like you do it. <laughs> yeah, pride can slip in that way. So <laughs> I learned that when last week when she was talking about strife, um, uh, how the Holy Spirit was talking about strife last week. Um, I was going to get up, but it was the end of the sermon. I didn't want to prolong it, but I thank God, you know, that how the Holy Spirit is showing the church, us, the body about pride and, um, and so forth, you know, because he's showing us because he wants us to see it and we got to deal with it sometimes. I like the, well, I like the examples that the Holy Spirit gave because until she gave it, some of the examples, okay, well, I'm telling you, you know, I, I know I'm a quiet person, so I'm like, oh, man, ain't no pride. Why do we, oh, you keep looking at me for? <laughs> but I thank God for the examples that he gave out, you know, the Holy Spirit gave it. Okay, well, Lord, I have guilt. I repent. I'm, I'm sorry. So I, I, I thank God, you know, get for the marriage of what we be taught because, uh, you know, like she said, you know, we all have stuff in us. Uh, you like to say sometimes even through marriage couples, um, Again, um, I, let's just say for an example, I can be out there cut the grass. Maybe the wife want to get out. Well, Calvin, I cut it. Uh, no, you gonna cut like me? You might make zigzags all <laughs> all across the yard. You know, you burn more fuel and you know, <laughs> done my blaze up. So just let me cut. No, oh, I cut. You know, let and get it. I really don't want you on my lawnmower. <laughs> you put a zigzag all across the yard. <laughs> so it can come in different ways, and this stuff like that, you know, that you really don't, you know, think about. But I don't. Okay, Lord, I thank you. So you assure me. So thank you, you know, that for the teaching and you know what we are learning. But Lord, have mercy. I learned a lot of, and also did. Uh, I remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, she was teaching on strife, and <laughs> Lord, have mercy, and it hit hard. So home so bad. And I know I call Pastor, I spell, I tell you, cut me everywhere, but except up under the bottom of my feet. <laughs> Lord, Holy Spirit, to it. But again, you know, you just have to humble yourself. Okay, Lord, it's me. I thank my sure with me. You know, sometimes you have to settle down and, you know, wait till the cooler evening, you know, think about things, you know. And the Holy Spirit will, you know, reveal things to you. So I'm like, you know, Lord, I thank you, you know. Because he did say those that he loved, you know, he rebuked and he changed. So. And that's what, you know, that's time we're going to have to rebuke. That's the body of Christ. You know, we got to take it because it's his love, you know. It's his desire that none of us be lost. So I was telling I said, one thing about miracle church, I said we could take the beat and we got to make it. <laughs> the Lord knows it comes through miracle temple. But I thank God, but it's, you know, it's the love of Christ. <laughs> so I said, I clap everybody come in, Lord. If they can stay here and take it, God knows they'll make it in. <laughs> God, I don't take offense, y'all. Calvin just cut me all to pieces. Honey, put me back together again. Come on, Jennifer. 
Thank you, Calvin. And remember this. It's going to be a day when you can't cut that yard, and you're going to love every zigzag she put in it. <laughs> Calvin remind me one time, Harold was talking about the, it was, I guess it was after Sunday, and he goes, man, he goes, Pastor just cut me all to pieces today. And I said, I looked at him, I said, God, Harold, was that you? I said, whoa, I'm so glad I thought it was me. I'm glad. <laughs> No, one of the things, um, when did you give us that sheet? Last week or week before? Week before, I think. The leadership one. And it was about, do you get offended when you get, was it correction or, I can't remember, anyway. And first I wanted to say, well, no, but then I said, well, I do because if, if, if I'm, if I feel hurt, like I've, okay, like if I've let you down, if I feel like I'm hurt, I'm like, that's a form of offense, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And so I had to rewrite that thing and say, yeah, I do. I, Jennifer, know. I appreciate that because I had a lot of no's. Yeah. And I knew it wasn't no. Because whoever say they don't take offense, you already took it. And you don't mean to. No. We take offense, because even you, from this pulpit. Yeah. Because I feel like, oh, God, self-condemnation comes in. Oh, my God, why didn't I do? I've let somebody. That's how we... Because you want to do a good job. You want to do it. But, yeah. So I had to, like, scratch. <laughs> you did right. And I said, let me go back. Lord. I said, I'm going to have to mull this thing over some more to really, I couldn't just, like, write something down and turn Better it in. Better to say sometimes instead of no. Yeah. Because we all take offense sometimes, even me, y'all. We take offense, but woe to the ones that bring it. Hmm. <laughs> And we don't, and you, and you're right. You will, you will get offended, and you don't want it to bother you. That's right. But you're, but now, but we're learning. It's flesh, mm -hmm. and then we say, "Okay, God, deal with me." Amen. I'll be, I'll be fussing at myself out there, and I say, "God, I can't even stand my own self. You're gonna have to work on me because I don't know what is wrong, <laughs> and I can just see him shaking. <laughs> Poor thing. Come on, Sister Deborah. Come on, Sister Deborah. <coughs> I didn't see you raise your hand. I could just feel you. Um, I'm like, Jim, if I fussed at myself driving home today, I'm always fussing at myself. And um, especially at work, Lord, help me, Jesus. <laughs> it's at work where I get into, but I have to catch myself. I said, oh, Lord, here I am, the broad strife in this place. Lord, forgive me. Because that day... I just just blew it because I had had enough. So you, <laughs> I had you? to correct myself. I said, forgive me, Lord, because I had done brought some strife in here. Not Sister Deborah. Come on, Joe. You back there smiling. Come on. Joe looked at me like, huh? <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, mm, I wasn't expecting this right here, but um, uh, talking about strife, a few like, like you were saying, like, all right, sometimes, uh, cause I know sometimes I do take offense to some things, but strife, like, um, uh, sometimes I might not think that, uh, 
that pride uh, will, like something I'm doing, is, is, like, well, okay, hold on. Sometimes I might not think I'm being prideful on something I'm doing. Uh, whether it's something real small, like you say, um, where somebody might be trying to help me out with, with something, and I'm like, nah, I got it. But all along, I really, like, need some help. Mm-hmm. But God might be sending that person to me, like, well, look, huh, I'm going to help you out with this situation. And I'm like, nah, I'm like, I, I can handle it, whatever. And later on, I'm like, well, Lord, I still need you. He'd probably be like, well, I just sent you help, but <laughs> but you ain't take it, man, because, you know, uh, pride just get in the way. And it, it'll mess up a lot of blessings down the road. I want to ask you men something. What man want to come up here and, and answer this question? <laughs> what man want to come up here and answer the question? See, my husband brave. He don't even know what he coming up here for. The question is, men, why is it when a woman suggests something to you to help you, you won't take that woman's suggestion and you'll go ahead and try it over and over and over and over again and it still don't work and the woman is coming back and say, well, if you do this right, I got this. Why is that? I think sometimes a man... Like you say, you say a man thinks from the back of his head, so that's that thought come there too. So I guess we feel like the woman let it know everything. So even we don't know, we try to act like we know. And what is that? What you call that? Pride. Okay, who else? Manny, come on up and help. I knew you were coming. Come on. <laughs> come on, Manny. Um, I think it's just pride in men, um, I mean, I ain't going to justify it, because I, I, I was going to say it's, I don't know, maybe it's because God called them, you know, to be the head, they got to figure out stuff, but mm-hmm. it, it is still pride, because I see men, like, when I'm, when I'm working, and so I cover, wherever area I'm in, I know that whole route, like the back of my hand, and I'll see guys come through there, and they lost, and they ride by me like 20 times. I'm, and look, I'm trying to look them in the face so I can say like, hey, I'll tell you where to go. And they won't, they won't stop. They just keep riding. And then uh, women will come by, and they'll pull right up to me and say, can you tell me how I get such and such? And I'll be like, it's right there. And they go right there. And sometimes they'll have the, uh, they even have the wife in there. And I guess she just get tired of like, look, you need to ask him. And and then the wife come up and ask me, and, and the place they're looking for is like right there. But that man will, he'll ride by me a hundred times because he's like, I'm not asking him, you know? I know where I'm going. See that? Pride is something, isn't it? But when you can humble yourself, you can take all this weight up. Come on, Julia. Come on up here. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Julia said, leave me out of this. Well, last week I was going to say something, but um, I I didn't even know Manny was going to say what he said, but 
the Lord was showing me when you was talking about that, how he was saying everybody was in here confessing, you know, in their faults or not faults, but, you know, we all got issues that we need to work on. But how that builds relationships with each other. When we get in better relationships with each other and treat each other like brothers and sisters, we won't, won't take offense so right. much because we'll go to each other and say, why did I get? Uh-huh. We'll go to each other and tell us, you know, when we have a problem or something. But because we don't have relationship with each other, we're not so amped to talk to one another because, and just use, I'm just using me and Quana for an example. Like, if Quana make me mad, I'm going to tell Quana she made me mad. If I make her mad, she going to tell me. If she got on something that's ugly, I'm going to tell her it's ugly. And, you know, she going to tell me because we in relationship with each other. But it shouldn't just be me and her. Right. It should be all of my brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. And the piggyback off of what Kim said about sometimes this stuff in us, our characters, and when people get to understand our character, they won't take so much offense, and then we won't take so much offense, because like Renee was saying, um, she know not to text me. Y'all, I don't know, but I just don't like it. (laughs) When somebody texts me or just come up to me and don't speak, like speak, say good morning, I was just wondering, could you, you know, that's just me, like, and Quana was, me and her was talking about that, and she, I was telling her about this person, how they don't speak, and she was like, um, you expect everybody to be like you, so when they don't speak, you get offended, um, so I have to realize not to take offense when other people don't do the same thing that I do, because Mm -hmm. that's my character, that's how... I just feel like speaking just show love, like, hey, Sister Evangelist Newton, hey, Brother Rick, you know, I just love everybody, so I just like to speak to everybody. Not saying that everybody don't love everybody, but everybody just don't show their love in the same way right. that mm-hmm. I do. In the Bible say, um, what's the scripture that said to show yourself friendly? And um, you said another thing, Julia. Let me say this right quick. It says, Great peace have they which love the law, and nothing should offend them. So when you love God's word, you're going to have some peace. And when people come to you, you're not easily offended. You don't take that to heart. Speaking of what Julie said about the part, about the texting part, um, sometimes I'm talking on the phone with someone, when I end my conversation, I say, all right, bye. I felt like it was normal. I was talking to this guy one day, and I said, okay, okay, all right, bye. I just hung up the phone. So a day late, too late, he called the man and said, oh, I want to talk to you about something. I said, what is my man? You, you offended me the other day. I said, what? You said, all right, bye. I said, what's wrong with that? That's how, <laughs> that's how I talk. He said, well, my mama um, not, my mama said you don't say bye because it makes you like you're going to die. So he said, see you later. I said, see you later. I said, I'm sorry, man, about offending you, man. I'm sorry for saying that. I, so now when I talk to him, I try to watch what I say because he's in that, his mind is where his mom and brought him up. That's right. So I try to say, you know, you have a good day or something. I don't That's say, all right, right bye no more because I know it offends him. I'm like, man, I don't talk to everybody like that. All right, bye. 
But everybody's different, y'all. So when you know where they are, you meet them where they are until you get to know them better. That's what you have to do so you don't make them stumble. That's why we have to be in the word to know the difference because he got that in his mindset. He thinking, did he think I'm going to die? He have a fear there. Julia, thank you for those words. From now on, everybody, when Julia hit this house, hey, hey. Even through Texas. <laughs> See, when people get to know you, they'll know where you are. That's all. So we can't assume things when we don't know each other the way we need to be made known. But guess what the Bible says? We know no man by the flesh. We know him by the spirit. So if we're walking in the spirit, we ain't going to have no problem, right? Amen. Is that it for tonight? Anyone else? Okay. Deacon um, Newton, can you close us out?